0: You are listening to King Jesus Radio. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. We're going to be in the book of Ezra, chapter 9, this morning, verse 1 through 4. We're going to start again in uh, the book of Ezra. And uh, we'll be praying through through uh, through the Word today. And just, you know, blessed to be able to just read His Word this morning. So let's go to Ezra, chapter 9, verse 1 through 4. And uh, we'll begin this morning. We'll open up in a word of prayer this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for... Another beautiful day, another beautiful morning, Father God, and we just thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, Father God, for this Father, God, for this day that you have made, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord, that we 're able to make a choice this morning, Lord God, to rejoice and to be glad in it, father God, and that 's what we 're here to do today, Father God, is we are rejoicing in Father, we are being glad in it, my God, because Lord, we recognize that it is the day that you have made, and we recognize that it is the day of salvation, Lord that there is hope, that there is freedom, that there is liberty, my God, that there is life today, that, Father God, there is peace and there is comfort and reconciliation, Father God, that there is forgiveness, Lord, and there is a love that is, Father God, so great, my God, Father, we are just so grateful and thankful to you today, Father God, because Lord, this is all because of you, Lord God. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, as we are able, Father God, Lord, to believe and to trust you, Lord, as we have made the decision, my God, to rejoice in you today, Father God. And Father, we thank you, Lord, as many today, Lord, that will come to know you, Lord God, and they too will also rejoice, my God, knowing who you are, my God. So Father, we just thank you this day lord god and heavenly father we just come before your throne lord jesus with hearts of gratitude lord Thanking you, Lord, for being so good and so wonderful and so amazing, because that is who you are. You are faithful, Lord God, and Lord God, you Father, you are worthy of all praise and glory and honor. And we just praise you and we glorify your holy name this morning, Lord, because Lord Jesus, your name is the name above all names. There is no other name under heaven given unto men by which we shall be saved, Lord, but the beautiful name of Jesus, Lord, because. The life that is in you, Lord, because of the faith in all that you have done, my God. So, Father, this morning we just thank you. We give you all the glory and the praise and the honor. Father, we ask you, Lord, this morning for your forgiveness of our sins. Forgive us, Father, Lord, of our unrighteous ways, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for the laws that we have broken. Forgive us of the resistance of your Holy Spirit. And forgive us, Lord, that in that, my God, the rebellion and the disobedience that that causes within our hearts. And in our lives, Father. Forgive us, Father, of our sins this morning. We repent of our sins. We repent of our ways, Father. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us, Father God, of our own self righteousness, of pride, of arrogance, Father God. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to forgive us this morning. We repent of our sins, my God. And we thank you for that forgiveness this morning. We thank you, Father, Lord, as you wash us and cleanse us under your precious blood. We thank you, Lord. Lord, that, Father, you choose to forget our sins, my God, and cast them as far as the east is to the west. And, Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, and we forgive those that have sinned against us today, my God. Any unforgiveness that we may hold today, my God, by faith, my God, because of your word and because of the life that we have in you today, we forgive in Jesus' name, Lord. So, Father, we just thank you today. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. We seek your will my God and we ask that your will be done Lord on earth as it is in heaven my God father God we lay down Lord Jesus all father things that my God have entangled us father that have distracted us father that father God have hindered us my God we lay it all at your feet this morning at the foot of the cross and Lord Jesus we come together today as a body of Christ to seek you my God to look to you my God and father God to pray according to your word my God According to how the Holy Spirit intercedes this morning, my God. So, Father, we just submit ourselves unto you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you this morning, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we bless you, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. And we're going to be in Ezra chapter 9, verse 1 through 4 this morning. And as we go to the book of Ezra this morning, it's going to be um, a little bit sobering if we allow our hearts to really open and to receive this word this morning as we look at the children of Israel through this time. And I believe that the Lord is also preparing us as we go through this chapter. We will go through three different parts of praying through His word in these next couple of Sundays. And so this morning we're going to open up with the first four verses And we will pray according as the Lord leads us to prayer this morning. Amen. So let's read uh, verse 1 through 4 this morning. It says in Ezra chapter 9 verse 1 through 4, After these things had been done, the officials approached me and said, the people of Israel and priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with their abominations from the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters to be wives for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy race has mixed itself with the peoples of the lands. And in this faithlessness, the hand of the officials and chief men has been foremost. As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment and my cloak and I pulled hair from my head and beard and sat appalled. Then all who trembled at the words of of the God of Israel because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles gathered around me while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. So imagine this word comes forth right after they had brought all the, the belongings into the temple of God. And as we read last time as they brought these belongings what it did is it reminded them of the faithfulness of God and it caused them and brought them to a place of worship of the you know seeking the Lord for the forgiveness of sins for the atonement and in that it just created this worship and praise unto God. And now Ezra gets to a place where Through that time with the Lord and through serving God and worshiping him and doing the work that God has called him to do, that he gets to a place that he sees some realities. And it reminds me of us as Christians many times when we give our lives to the Lord and we come to know the Lord and we want to serve God and we are serving God and we're continuing to do so today today. But we come to a place where we start to see some realities in the body of Christ, of the people of God. We start to see some realities within our own hearts. And we start to realize, wait a minute, the church is not perfect. People are not perfect. You know, and many times this can discourage us because we have this picture of a Christian and we picture them never doing any wrong, (laughs) never lying, never, you know, never saying a bad word or cussing or never doing so many different things. So when we see these things, we're like, oh my God, what is wrong with them? I mean, this is the representation of God. You're supposed to be a Christian. And even though today you may not imagine it, but there are people who see me and you like that today. They kind of see you maybe even as a good luck charm. I don't know, just something around every time around you, it just feels so peaceful. (laughs) not realizing it's God. It's God working through you. But what happens in that is that they'll start to see you and put you on a pedestal without you even realizing it. They start to put you in this place that is unattainable, but this is just because of their reverence for God and because they reverence God, they're reverencing you. And it's not until you become become a believer and you start to follow the Lord that, you start to see the imperfectness of people, even within the church. You start to see the imperfections in the body of Christ and those that are are believers today, disciples of Christ. And many times what could happen is, is that we can look at this and we could see it and say, oh man, this is just all messed up, this is not for me. It's worse in the church than it is in the world. Have you ever gotten to that place? Have you ever seen things that bad before that you say, man, it's worse in the church than it is in the world's? We see so many things that go on within the church that are the same percentages as the world's. And we say that shouldn't be so. And you're right, according to the word of God, it should not be so. But it does happen. Because reality of it is, believers, disciples of God, are still people, saved by grace, but still working out their salvation, still things being worked out of their lives, as they are in our lives today. Because today we live in a world of compromise. We live in a world where we don't want to offend. We live in a world where we want to live double agent lives. We want to live a spiritual life, but we also want to have a secular life. When God never called me and you to have two lives, but to have one in him. It's living a spiritual life through the secular life and learning how to allow the spiritual life to be most important within our lives and to be the most important foundation that should be in our hearts today. Therefore, in that, anything else that comes against that, that will shake that up, that will cause us to pull away from that, we will recognize it and not allow it to do so because we realize that the two are not supposed to be one, but one and the same, because the Lord is going to teach us how to overcome those works of the flesh. We see here Ezra coming to a place where he looks out to the people, and the people come to him and tell him, the people have not separated themselves. They have not done according to the word of God and they have intermarried into these, into these lands that you told them not to. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1 through 11. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1 through 11 says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergeshites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods, then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and he would destroy you quickly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash in pieces, their pillars and toss chop down their asherim and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all the peoples be slack with one who hates him he will repay him to his face you shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you today see he reminds Israel and says I didn't choose you because you were such a great nation you were actually one of the very few but I chose you because I love you and I wanted to make myself known to the people around you through you But see, what God's concern was, it wasn't the fact that he hated these other lands. No, it was the fact that he knew that their customs, their ways, how they lived and the gods they served would lead them away from the God of Israel, their true God. That was God's concern, was the relationship in it. Because we see that Rahab was also one who intermarried into the children of Israel. And you see here in the genealogy of Christ. But see, but Rahab was willing to come to the God of Israel. She was willing to turn to the Lord. And that's why God made himself known through Israel, so that through, all, through Israel all the nations may be blessed and know there is a God, the great I am that is loving and is merciful as he has been to them and that the world may know this. And this came to pass for all those who put their faith in Christ Jesus today because he made himself known through Jesus Christ. See, the Lord was talking to them about their hearts. He was warning them against these things so they would not compromise. And one of our prayers is today, with all this going on today, and even before all this stuff was taking place, how many hearts today would prefer to be in the world and on the ways of the world and the customs of the world as opposed to being in the presence of God and with the people of God today? How many hearts today have compromised their ways and following God today? for the sake of a relationship, for the sake of a position, for the sake of whatever it may be today, and in that have chosen to live a life of spiritual and secular. How many today have intermarried and intermingled with the ways of the world today? The Bible says that you live in the world, but we are not of the worlds. It's not that we're any better. It's no, it's we know there's a hope. We know there's a way. We know there is a God who loves and who is patient and long-suffering and will never give up on humanity, never has and never will. That's why Jesus died for the sins of this world. We don't have to think the same way. We don't have to act the same way. We don't have to live the same way because we know there's a greater way. His name is Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. And His word says, and he only come to the Father except through him. But how will they know that if we choose to compromise? How well there's many ways. How can we know that when our lives show something different than our words, than where we're at on a Sunday morning? And this is what Ezra seen a people who have compromised. They named the Egyptians, the one that they were delivered to that had enslaved them for 400 years. And all these other nations that he told them not to. But again, it wasn't the nations. It was the fact that the people were compromising their ways in following God. This was the downfall of, Sam- of, of Samson. This was the downfall of Solomon. I thought it would have been the 700 wives and 300 concubines. But it was the 700 wives and the 300 concubines that led him away from God. And this is what Ezra's seen. And are we seeing this today? In the body of Christ. How many Christians today would rather be in the world and doing all the things and the customs of the ways of man as opposed to seeking the Lord? As opposed to coming together as a body of Christ? As opposed to serving with one another? As opposed to seeking God through His Word and looking to Him, not just in church, but in our own personal time. Could it be because we have mixed our customs? We have mixed our ways. We have compromised our relationship with God the Father. Is that why our desire is for so many other things? And believe me, trust me, this comes natural to us because it's our flesh. But it's acknowledging and realizing it. So we can come to the foot of the cross and say, Lord, help me, Lord. I know there is a greater purpose. Because in verse 2, what he really hits them with is their faithlessness, or in another word, unfaithfulness. That's what Ezra sees, is the unfaithfulness to God. Not in the words, not because they're not going to re, you know, to the synagogue or whatever it may be, not because they're not coming to church, no. It's the unfaithfulness in their lives and the relationship with God today. But how many of us know that it all starts with us, ourselves? Because it goes on to say in verse 3, As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment and my cloak and pulled hair from my head and beard and sat appalled. This is a sign of humility. This is a sign of acknowledgement of the sin that he is seeing and that is acknowledging and recognizing and realizing. But see, what what I love about what Ezra does here is he could have easily went to a place and started to point the finger and started to look and say this and that and look at that person and look at that person and look at that person. But instead, what he does is he humbles himself. He recognizes it. And not only that, he puts himself in the same place as everybody else. And he goes and he humbles ourselves, acknowledging the sin of the people. And that is something that me and you have learned through the times. It's not a matter of looking at everybody else and pointing the finger of what so-and-so is doing or what so-and-so is not doing, but looking and saying, Lord, how have we fallen? Where have we gone? What is going on with us as a body of Christ today? It's putting ourselves in the same place as we are doing today. That is our heart to prayer today is that we would acknowledge, yes, there has been a compromise. There are divided hearts today. There are many today, as we said before, that are in that valley of decision that don't want to make that decision. And in many hard places today, but what we're here to do today is we're here to come together and humble ourselves, acknowledging these things and these realities that are real in the body of Christ today. Because in that it affects the world, it affects our loved ones, it affects those around us. It affects the message and how people receive the Lord. But when we could be a people... That can point them to Christ, even in our shortcomings, even in our hard times, even in those struggling places. But we don't have to live a life extra spiritual, because it's not our spirituality, it's the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Because in verse 4 it says, Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles gathered around me while I sat appalled into the evening sacrifice. This is our part today. We are those today that are trembling at the word of God. And recognizing, yes, the unfaithfulness of us as a church, as a body of Christ, as we are seeking so many other things as opposed to God and His Word. How many of us know today that God's Word is enough? Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm okay with men's and women's ministry, with children's ministry, with marriage ministry, all these different things. But how many of us know that the word of God is powerful enough to bring life into those marriages, to bring life into the kids, to bring life into that man and that woman of God? And many today are falling away because they don't have the programs. They don't have what I need. But if the Word of God is still being preached from the pulpit, if the Word of God is still speaking, and the Word of God is what we seek today, then the Word of God is enough, because the Word of God can cover every single angle and need in your life today if you choose to heed and receive the Word of God and allow it to bring change within our hearts, in our lives. But see, that's a hard word to receive because we're so used to the way things have always gone. But when Jesus spoke, He didn't tell the kids to go off to the side. No, He said, bring the kids to Me. But are we willing to have a heart for that? Because in that it has caused many hearts to be divided and compromised today. Has caused people to leave churches. It's caused people to leave where God has planted them and told them to be. Because of compromise. Because you don't have what I want. You don't have what I need. You're not preaching what I want to hear. Well, then praise God, because that means the word of God is going forth. And if it's causing a change in a reaction, then praise God, because the word of God is cutting our hearts. And these are men and women of God that are coming and trembling at the word of the God of Israel. Because they're acknowledging the unfaithfulness, the faithlessness of the people. Not in their words, but in their actions, in their lifestyles, and what they're choosing to do. That is our prayer this morning. Lord, help us to acknowledge these things within our own lives. And help us to acknowledge these things in the house of God, in the body of Christ. But not to point, not to judge, but to pray and to bring it to you, Lord God, to help us, Lord. We need you. But as Ezra was appalled by it, let us also be appalled. Because if God is not happy with it, neither shall we be. We shouldn't be okay with it. It should be a joy to want to serve together. It should be a joy to want to come and seek the Lord together. It should be a joy to know that you have our brothers and sisters in Christ who are coming to know the Lord today. And for those that don't know Him yet, it should be a joy that today is the day of salvation and they can know the Lord. But are we willing... To acknowledge and recognize and see it. So we can pray for it. Because that's what they did, they prayed as we will pray this morning. We will resume at 1045 for those watching online. I encourage you to pray along with us this morning. And we will be praying along these lines this morning as we seek the Lord together. Lord, where have we compromised? Lord, where have we mixed our customs? Lord, where have we lost our way as a body of a Christ, as church? Help us to acknowledge and recognize these ways in these areas, Lord so that we can hear you clearly. God, are in here this morning. Pastor Pat. How many children of God are watching this morning with us today? It says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say to be strengthened within yourself, but to be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men. Not faithless men, but faithful men. Those that will be truthful. Who will be able to teach others also. But he goes on to say, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And verse 4 says, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. You know, we're just saying that there is an army rising up. How many of you know you've been enlisted in the army of God as a soldier of Christ, but you're on the side of victory because you're in Christ Jesus today, but he didn't just enlist you as a soldier He enlisted you as a child of God into the family of God, into the body of Christ today. So you're not alone in this fight because you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are all sharing in the sufferings, who are all sharing in the place of endurance and perseverance and trusting our Lord, our commander, our chief our master, our owner, to lead us and guide us and direct us in the plan and the purpose that he has for our lives today. But as verse 4 says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Is that your aim this morning? Is that our goal this morning? Is that our heart? To please the one who enlisted you? To please the one who saved you? To please the one who's forgiven you? To please the one who loves you? To please the one who will never leave you nor forsake you? To please the one who is also always faithful to you, even when we're unfaithful to him, he is still faithful to me and you? Is our aim, is our desire to please the one who's enlisted me in you? Let us ponder that this morning. As we come together to seek the Lord together. And let me encourage you today that whatever you're going through, whatever you're trusting the Lord for, whatever you're seeking the Lord, let me tell you right now, the Word of God is enough. The Word of God is powerful enough. You don't have to go look for any programs. You don't have to go look for anything today. Just look to Jesus and He can meet your need right where it's at today. It's not a matter, well, is this message for my situation today? No, but God is. The name of Jesus is powerful enough to meet you in your situation, to meet you in your need, and He can pinpoint that need today, and He can speak into that need today, and He can bring life to you today, if you choose to believe it. Are we here today because we are looking to please the Lord? And we are thankful to the one who's enlisted us today. Because let me tell you something today. The Lord is pleased with you if you continue to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you continue to choose to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and no matter what you're going through today, you can still come to a place, but Lord, I still love you. Lord, I still trust you. Lord, I thank you for not giving up on me. I thank you, Lord, that that purpose is still for me. I thank you, Lord, that that plan is still in effect today, today, God. I thank you that you're still doing a work in me, Lord God. And I thank you that you are willing... and faithful to complete that work today. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He knows every need today. So trust that the word of God will speak into that situation today as already is. Because he equips me and you with everything that we need for this life. He's equipped us with salvation and forgiveness and love and his grace and his power by his Holy Spirit, his anointing, his gifts, his fruits. We have all that we need in Jesus today. All that we need in Jesus. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Powerful enough to save me and you. Powerful enough to save this world today. And that power never loses its power. Because he has all the power and all the authority. And he'll never give up on you. Did you come to hear the voice of the Lord today? Did you come to hear the voice of God today? Or did you come to get your ears tickled? Did you come to get goosebumps? Did you come to cry? Did you come to laugh? All these things can take place in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, David and Andrea. Or did you come to seek the Lord this morning? Did you come today because you love the Lord today? Did you come today because you're looking to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need to hear from you today? Lord, I need instruction. I need direction, Lord. I need your strength today, Lord God. I need you, Lord Jesus. Is that why you're here today? Are you here today because of Jesus? Are you watching today because of Jesus? Because let me tell you, it's all about Him. And even if you're here today because you had nothing else to do this morning, well, praise God. <laughs> We're glad you're here today. The Lord still want to speak to you. This morning, the title of this message is Ready. Now, I better do this right. Ready, aim, fire! Amen? That is the title of today's message today. And it starts with this scripture in 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And it says that when that is spoken, it's a sequence of commands used to order soldiers to carefully. Listen to this part here. A service, a sequence of commands used to order soldiers to carefully, not carelessly, fire their weapons. To, an order for soldiers to carefully fire their weapons. How many of us know that that is precise, careful action, that this is not just a random shot? But if a soldier is hearing, ready, aim, fire, there is a target. There is a purpose. And whoever is going to pull that trigger has to make sure they're focused, they're locked in, and they're careful for their target. And today the Lord wants to give me and you a command to ready, aim, fire. Because He wants to give a command, but He wants us to fire carefully. He wants to teach me and you how to be precise. And the reason for it. But are you a child of God today willing to heed to the command of the Father? Or are you a rebellious soldier looking to go AWOL, looking for a dishonorable discharge? Or maybe you're just a spy. Whatever it may be, the command still goes forward. But it's a command for yours and our lives today. Because the Lord just doesn't want you to be at random, praying at random and trusting the Lord at random. He wants you to know what you're doing it for and who's giving the command. But are we willing to heed and listen to the command? See, in this scripture here, in 2 Timothy, he says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witness and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. For no soldier entangled him gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. What he's teaching them here is to be like-minded. How many of us know that in, a, in Christianity, we must be like-minded. We must come in agreement that God is who he says he is. That we must be like-minded in understanding that the Lord Jesus is Lord of all. And that there is no other Savior, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through Him. And that we must be like-minded to have and look to the will of God. And to live in the purpose of God together as a body of Christ. But that is not something that comes easily or naturally to us. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different thoughts. We all have different ways. We may speak different languages. But regardless of the fact, whatever language, whatever background, whatever custom, whatever race, whatever nationality, wherever we come from, We could all be like-minded as we come into unity by faith in Jesus Christ. To not be entangled in civilian pursuits is not to say that we live apart from the world because we live in this world. But even though we live in this world, he is to remind us, but yet you are not of the world's. We spoke about this earlier in the morning about not living two lives, one spiritual and one secular. How many of us today are living a spiritual life and then we go live a secular life? If you went out there in the world and looked at our dog tags, they'd be 666. The number of men. But yet, when we come into the presence of the Lord, or we come to church, or we come together, we try to act spiritual. The Lord never wanted you to be an actor, a hypocrite. He wants you to be real with yourself as well as I have to be real with myself and recognize, Lord, I got a fallen nature here, Lord. I got a sinful nature, and I know you're not okay with it, but I thank you for your grace and your mercy. And I realize, Lord, that I'm spiritual because of my faith in you. It's your Holy Spirit in me. And in that, I know you're going to teach us how to live that spiritual life through the secular life. And to grow where we look to gratify the spirit instead of the flesh. But how do we do that? How do we not lose focus? How do we not get caught up in the ways of the world, and the ways of man, in the ways of like everybody else? We are to be like-minded, as he says here, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To be ready, to aim. How many of us today is our aim to please the one who enlisted you? the one who died for you, the one who rose again on the third day for you, the one who filled you with His Holy Spirit, the one who gave you His Word, the one who's returning back one day for you, the one who will raise you up on that last day. But is our aim today as a body of Christ to please the one who enlisted us. That word aim is to strive to, to accommodate oneself to the opinion, desires, and interests of others. The thesaurus says to point or to turn something toward a target or a goal. To have in mind as a purpose or a goal. How many of us know there is a goal to all of this? This salvation is not just random. This purpose is not just random. There is a purpose to reach the lost. To give sight to the blind, voice to the mute, hearing to the deaf, to raise up the dead. God bless you. There is a purpose for your life. And it's not random. And that's hard to figure out, especially coming together so many of us. But can I tell you something? We can do this. We can do this together. Not just in New Living Way Church, but in the body of Christ. We can do this today, church, if we let our hearts come together because our aim is to please the one who enlisted us. Can we do this together today, church? Are we willing to do this together? How many of us are willing to do this today? Are we willing to come together to please the one who enlisted us today and continue to do so? Then we're going to make it. If, all, if anything else, no matter how much dissension, division, disagreements, you like or you don't like each other, you don't desire, you do desire to be in church, whatever it is. But if our hearts can be the aim to please the one who enlisted us, the Lord will help us to overcome and the Lord will lead us and guide us as a body as he sees fit. Now here's the next question. Are we like-minded today? And I touched on a couple of things here. Well, it depends on how you were enlisted. It depends on the reason why you got enlisted as a child of God. What was your reason? What was your purpose? This is not to point a finger today. This is to bring some realities up so we can acknowledge it and allow the Lord to help us to repent and to know Him as Lord. As Paul would say, who are you, Lord? Saul, a man who had zeal for the Word of God, but yet when he saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, who are you, Lord? And many times we're a child of God, we're coming to church, we read our Bibles. only called upon God, we only called upon God because we needed Him in that time. And as soon as He answered us, as soon as He took us out of that place, we walked away. You know, I've come across one person that I went to pray for one time. And I knew, where he, I knew where this person standing in, with God. But I knew in my heart that the Lord wanted me to go pray for this individual. And I went and asked this person if I could pray for them. And the response was, you know, you know how many people many times say there's no atheist in a foxhole? He goes, well, I disagree with that. Because even in the foxhole he stayed an atheist. I still got to pray for the individual. But what I respected was is he was still honest. Because in that honesty, God is still working. Because God doesn't want him to call on him on that foxhole. God wants him to have a heart change. God wants to reach his heart and show him repentance and his love through forgiveness and his need for him. Not because of what he can do for him, but because what he's already done for him. And what he's already done for you. Could it be why it's so easy to walk away is because if we come to a place where we don't fully understand and didn't fully have that conversion with God to where we realize, Lord, I've sinned against you. But even in that sin, even in that ugliness, Lord, you still love me. And I recognize, Lord, all that you've done for me. And my God, I thank you because you are now pleased with me in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that today, I want to please you. And that is what I strive and that is what I aim because I realize of where you've taken me from and what you've done in my heart. If this was you and this has been you, don't take this word lightly. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His grace. But now come back to the Lord with a repentant heart and thanking Him because of what He has done. Some enlist because of the motives of what I can get out of it. Some do it for position. I got a family member in this place. I got this. I got that. And they do it for position. Some do it for power. Some do it for gifts. Others may do it because of the emotions. And I'm not saying that these things cannot lead me and you to Christ. No. But for the mature today... For those of you who have been following the Lord, for those of you that have been serving the Lord, this is a reminder today that don't let your aim lose focus, but let your aim continue to be to please the One who enlisted you with a purpose, His purpose, His will for your life. And for those that maybe didn't fully understand this, that today will be the day of salvation. And that you would acknowledge that, Lord, I did, this is why I came to you. But, Lord, today this is not the reason I'm coming to you today. Because I acknowledge I'm in sinner in need of a Savior. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for paying that price for me today. And I'm here to confess you, not just to believe you as Jesus, but to confess you as my Lord, my master, my owner, the one to whom I belong. I to run, even when I want to give up, He doesn't let me. At least he doesn't let me do it comfortably. (laughs) Jump over that wall, I got barbed wire cuts all over me. I hit a lot of you, huh? Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We've all been there. Praise God. Amen. I'm running and them lights are shining on me. (laughs) But thank God he is so faithful that he'll always be there. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And he'll always go after you. We may not go after you all the time. But he will. And he will meet you out there. And you will see and know that he loves you. Ready, aim, fire. So you may have been thinking, man, we could have did one more song. I needed that. No, what we need is the word of God. Because it's that word of God that will lead me and you to praise and worship. Honestly, praise and worship shouldn't lead you to the word of God. The word of God should lead you to praise and worship. Because what the word of God will do will cut your heart and bring me and you to repentance and acknowledgement of how great he is to the place that we only want to worship and praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we got it backwards. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to change it. Because we're trusting the fact that when we get here, you've already been in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right, Amen. 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 It was from the week, right? It was like, man, all that Word that I got all week, Lord, I just want to get there and praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You know? Because that's what the Word of God should do for me and you. It's that relationship with God through Christ Jesus. The fact that He takes the time to talk with us and speak into our lives. Just like in any relationship that you talk to somebody and you're willing to speak into their lives or they're willing to speak in your lives, God is always available for you and me. It's me and you that are not available for Him many times. You may even come to a place as a soldier would come. Man, I'm only here because I have to be. (laughs) They might shoot me if I run out. And sometimes we see God that way. Well, if I leave, God's going to kill me. (laughs) He might, (laughs) but He's not looking to do so. He loves you too much. And that purpose is too important. And that plan for your life is too important. For the lives around me and you today, for this world today. But how many of us know that it starts with us? It starts with us. I encourage you when you get a chance to go back and look at the prayer this morning that we prayed to the Word of God in Ezra and let that be our prayer. And this is what our aim is to do today as a church. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read verse 11 through 14. Because we may say, well, what is the aim? What is the purpose? This is the purpose. This is the goal. This is what we're setting to do. And this is what it's all about in these last verses of this chapter. Of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. Imagine when you read, if you've ever read the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, they're not easy books to read because it's a lot of correction and instruction and discipline and things for the house of God and the church of God and the body of Christ. Even to the point where Paul is even threatened by them, because he knows they did not receive the words well. But see, Paul was not doing this in writing these letters because he was just throwing his weight around, because he was pointing the finger... Paul was writing this because this is how the Lord led him. And not only that, these are things he was also going to, but it was to get to this place as a body of Christ. There was a reason and a purpose because he realized that with all that stuff that was going on in the church and in the body of Christ, they would not be able to get here. And if you ever wondered, why is there so much commandment? Why is there so much correction? Why is there so much instruction? Because there's a purpose for the body of Christ. And that is for us to be in unity. And one accord and like-mindedness to our aim to be to please the one who enlisted us. But to do it together. Not separate from one another. We need each other. You are needed, man of God. You are needed, daughter of God. You are needed, child of God. You are needed in the body of Christ. But you're needed how the Lord sees fit, not how you want to be fit. Not how you see fit but how God wants to use you in the body of Christ. We don't get to choose many times what we want to do. And there's desires and there is giftings that God has placed in your life that you already know. Because I'll tell you, if you think I always want to be a pastor, (laughs) I don't need to go there with you guys. But it's what God called me to do. It's what God chose me to do. It's what God planned for me to do. And it's my responsibility to bring you the word of God. Unadulterated. Uncompromised. Not for my motive or what I want you to do, but for what He is speaking to my life and to my heart to teach you as well as He is teaching me. Because I too have to heed and listen and obey and live accordingly. And that is what Paul is doing because he recognizes the importance. He recognizes the need, and therefore he has to bring these hard words. but it's all to get to this place in these last verses. He says, finally, in verse 11, finally, brothers. But when you break down that word, it's actually believers, men and women. Finally, brothers. Finally, believers. Finally, children of God, rejoice. Rejoice through all the instruction, through all the discipline, through all everything that was going on, through all the hope, because not everything was discipline. He also talked about our future hope and all that Christ has done for us. He's saying through all these words, rejoice. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, rejoice for all the words that have gone forth, for all the words that God has spoken into our lives as you sit there and read, as we come to church, as we study the Bible together, as we pray together, rejoice, because there is a reason and a purpose for it all. And God is doing a work in each one of us together, corporately, as a body of Christ. And He is faithful to complete that work in us today. But look what he says, and he gives us this command, aim for restoration. Another word of aim. Ready, aim, fire. And that word for restoration is completeness. Another way of putting it in a different translation is saying, be what you should be. Be restored and be what you should be in Christ Jesus. Not who you want to be, not who you think you be. That wasn't the right way to say it, but (laughs) not who you think you should be. You got what I was saying. But be who he's called you to be, who he saved you to be. Don't try to be like anybody else. Don't try to act like everything is all good. Not every conversation has to be a, a spiritual conversation. Not every conversation has to end with a prayer or word of God. Be real with one another. Be real with yourself and recognize, but Lord, get to that word of God. Get to that prayer, recognizing that He is greater. Not because it's the right thing to say. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We know God is faithful. But deep inside you're hurting and you're struggling with trust. Deep inside you're struggling with sin. Deep inside you're struggling with God's love for you. Deep inside, you're struggling to be here today or to even be watching with us today. Ready, aim, fire. Aim for restoration. Be what you should be. Are we willing to aim for this today, church? Yeah. Then why is it that we don't desire to come together? Why is it that we desire so many other things and to come and seek the Lord together as a body of Christ? Could it be that we've compromised some things in our lives? Could it be that we've lost focus that our aim is to please the one who's enlisted us? Could it be through this time of separation, we're just finding so much comfort in so many other things? And using the guise of this COVID 19 to keep us from coming together and praising God together? Could it be that we'd rather be with the world more than we'd rather be with our brothers and sisters in Christ? Because with the world we can just be how we we can be how we want to be. We don't have to act, we don't have to put a front, but because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we try to pretend to be something that we really don't believe we are. Again, aim for restoration. Be what you should be. Come as you are and allow the Lord to do the work to make you who He's called you and saved you to be. Don't ever come and think that you have to dress up the part or play the part. If you're hurting, you're hurting. Let us pray together. If you're struggling, you're struggling. Let us pray together. but don't come into the presence of God and seeking the Lord so I can get my praise on and feel better. Don't come into the presence of God so you can walk out thinking, well, I went to church so God should be cool with me now. Because that's not what it's about. It's coming to say, Lord, what's going on in me, Lord? And Lord God, I want you to make that known, my God, and allowing the Word of God to penetrate our heart so He can teach me and you how to live a life as an overcomer. As more than a conqueror. As a soldier of Christ. As a child of God. As one that has been filled in the power of the Holy Spirit. One who has been delivered from death and brought into life. One that has been saved out of darkness and brought into His marvelous light. One that you can call upon and you know that that name is great. Great. but are we willing to aim for that restoration, a church coming together and being what we should be, children of God, thankful to the Lord, grateful to God for His mercy and His grace and His forgiveness and His love and His peace and His comfort today. Not because I called upon Him, because I didn't want to no longer be in that situation, and even if I was, and even if that was the original state, but that's not where I'm at today. And I'm going to choose to believe and recognize you, Lord, as my Lord today. Then let that be our aim today, the aim for restoration, because in that, that will lead me and you to comfort one another. Seeing each other, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you remind me of me. We may not have the same struggles, but trust me, I know you're going through it just like I'm going through it. You remind me of me. And so therefore, I'm not going to point and judge at you, but I'm going to pray for you because I know I need prayer. So I know you need prayer. And just like I know the Lord is bringing me through, I know the Lord can bring you through. And just like I know the Lord won't give up on me, I know he won't give up on you. And just like I know the Lord forgave me, I know he'll forgive you. And just like I know the Lord is speaking to me, I know the Lord can speak to you. Because that's what we do. We comfort one another. And here's that word again, agree with one another. And to live in peace. Now that one kind of had me a little... uh, Twisted for a bit. Because how many of us know we don't always agree with each other? And even in your own household, you don't always agree. Probably got more disagreements than agreements. (laughs) But through the other scripture, it gives me a peace knowing that, no, it's the agreement to be like-minded, that we're coming together because our aim is to please the one who enlisted us. We're like-minded because we're here today because we believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. And even for those that don't fully know Him yet or don't understand, but we know and believe that the Lord will make Himself known to you and you will have that conversion in the Lord to know Him as your Lord and Savior and be made whole and complete in Jesus Christ. See, all these instructions and teachings and commands and words that God speaks to me and you is for us to aim at these things as a body of Christ. To strive to do so. I'm not saying that overnight we're going to get here. No, this is a place that we are striving to get to until we come to the day that the Lord Jesus Christ returns. But see, when we're in this place that we realize we're here today because we want to please God, we want to please the one who enlisted us, not because I'm trying to earn salvation, because I'm thankful for the salvation I already have in Him. I'm thankful for the love I already have in Him. I'm thankful for Him delivering me. He's already done it all for me. I'm not doing this because I want God to do something. I realize I'm doing this because God, you've already done everything for me. It says, and the God of love and peace will be with you. It's in that place where we're not looking for our own motives. Where we're not looking for our our own ways and our own thoughts of how we want things, but we're looking at a place to say, Lord, here I am. I just want to serve you because, Lord, I realize all you've done for me, but, Lord, I realize all you've done for us in here. Take a look around the room today. Take a look at those looking online, those around you. Just take a look around the room today. The Lord Jesus Christ died for each and every single one of us here today. That's why you're here. He died for us. We don't deserve this. And when we can see each other the way you just looked at each other right now through the eyes of Christ, the love of God and the peace of God is with us. Verse 12 and 13 says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. This is just a place of unity in the church, in the body of Christ. It's a place of reverence for one another. But look at verse 14. When we strive and we aim for these things as a body of Christ... And we stop looking at God like you just keep wanting to tell me what to do and this and that. And everybody's judging me. No, when we could come to a place and recognize, no, Lord, we're all in this together. We're all trusting you together. We're waiting on you together. We're a work in progress together, Lord God. And when we're aiming for these things, he tells them this in verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. When this happens in the body of Christ. This is the goal. When we could come together in unity as a body of Christ, then we can walk in the love and the grace of God and the peace of God and know that the love and the peace of God is in the body of Christ today. But not only that, we recognize that we do this work in the grace of God, but not only that, He blesses Him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we recognize that we got the Godhead. We are a blessed church church we are a blessed body of christ we are blessed children of god because we have been baptized in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and that is who you have in you today that is whose temple you are today you are the temple of the living god He says, they will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. That is our fire. As when we can walk together in the love of God for one another, there is no stopping the church of Christ, the body of Christ. There is no stopping the work of God in this world because love covers the multitude of sins. It's His love that never fails and it's His love that keeps me in you. To be ready is the willingness to heed to God's word and instruction and correction. Ready To aim is to focus on to focus on the purpose and to act carefully precisely with the power and the purpose of God. And the fire is the action of doing so. But in that is the fire of God. That consuming fire, that will refine me in you, but that will keep me in you. That will protect me in you just as that fire protected the children of Israel. And it's that holy fire that will conform us to be more like Him. But are we willing to let that be our aim this morning, church? Are we willing to let that be our aim this morning? But can I tell you something? Don't let that just be the aim in the body of Christ. Let that be the aim in your homes today. Let that be the aim in your marriage today. Let that be the aim in your children today. Let that be the aim in your, ch- your grandchildren. Let that be the aim in your family and your co-workers in your community today. Let that be the aim in this world today. And let us strive to do so together. is it easy? No. But it's possible. Because with man this is impossible. But with God all things are possible. And we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. I'm going to ask you that you would sing a song with me this morning. It was a song that I learned as a young child in church in Sunday school. But I never forgot it. Well, I forgot, I think, the last verse. (laughs) Maybe you guys can help me. I, I, I got it here. If you are a child of God this morning, I would encourage you to sing this with me. And if you're not, then today is the day of salvation. Don't let me sing this alone, please. You guys said you're with me on this, right? We're going to do this together as a church, amen? Well, actually, this whole message was just leading up to this part that was really. You know. And it goes like this Rich kids, join us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow jesus i have decided to follow jesus no turning back no turning back though none go with me still i will follow though none go with me still i will follow Though none go with me, still I will follow, no turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me.